0: Hey, Fanboy Nation.
1: This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching.
0: We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 A fanboy, et cetera. Fanboy Nation.
1: Dad, I assume Tom.
0: <laughs> At first, I was really excited to talk to this lady because she's also an Orange County native. And then I remembered she was one of those dirty, no-good, Fountain Valley barons. But... <laughs> Luckily, she's talented and friendly, so she redeems herself for this old Edison Charger high school rivalry that that our schools have had since 1969. But luckily, we're old; we're out of school. It doesn't matter anymore. T.D. Pfeiffer, how are you today?
1: Hey, Arcee, I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I am great. As as soon as I got the release, I was like, "Wait a minute." Her sister graduated from Fountain Valley. I remember that. Oh, wait. So did she? Uh huh. And then you know. We have to play wait, up the old school rivalry.
1: Wait a minute, RC. I'm going to have to correct you. Michelle did um, graduate from Fountain Valley. I graduated from Ocean View. But you oh, are so correct. Oh, so you're just as bad. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm just going to say, um, you guys still were our arch enemies for sure. Edison? Oh, yeah. we. Oh, yeah. So it's okay. You. Yeah, right. you're still on the other team. Just be but, happy yeah.
0: I didn't go to Huntington. Then it would have been really all over with.
1: Oh, yeah, no Huntington, no, 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 no. They were like, <laughs> yeah, no, they were. Oh, we did not like them. Well, you know, it's funny. You know what I did in my senior prom? You're gonna love this. Oh, sure. I was so angry at my own school. I don't know why I had shit on my shoulder, but um, I probably because nobody, you know, nobody invited me to my senior prom. So this other guy who I never met, it was blind date asked me from Edison to go to their prom. Okay. In my junior, sorry, my junior year, I went to Edison's junior prom. <laughs> like out of like, you know, are we allowed to cuss on this? If you want. F you, Ocean View. So I went to Edison's junior prom and it was, it backfired because it was miserable. I asked them to bring me home early. It was just terrible. But um, yeah, so there you go. What is it with
0: yeah. your family hating the high school that they went to? Your sister got insulted by the drama teacher at Fountain Valley. You hated Ocean View <laughs> and went to our thing. Like, is it just a Pfeiffer thing to hate the school they went to?
1: Well, I guess I didn't know. Oh, Shelly, she got. It. Oh, she got. Oh, <laughs> they insulted her. That's funny. I didn't know that. Um, That's the rumor. It, we, well, no, my believe it or not, we're a really tight family. We just we don't talk shop, and we don't like talk. I didn't know that. Well, I don't know, but my school was a brand new school. I was the third graduate or sec, third graduating class, and they had tried a new variable credit system that they discovered my senior year wasn't working. And I can tell you, it did not work. And so my senior year, they just pushed us through and got us out of there, you know. And uh, my little sister, Lori, was behind me. So she was the fourth graduating class, and they shoved her through, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: You guys graduated with 60 surf credits.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I can I, tell you the one thing. I graduated with a fantastic tan. Like my tan, on, and I would put like the lemons in the bleach, like straight bleach and lemons in my hair, because we thought that that would bleach your hair. All it did was dry it out. But yeah.
0: <laughs> so it sounds like you had a good time.
1: Oh yeah, and I would try to ditch whenever I could. Yeah. Well, you know, back then you had to have a note from your parents. Mm-hmm. So for forgery was what you did. You know, you had to learn how to um, copy your parent's signature really well. And uh, I got—I was really good at that. I got an A in that in that court. <laughs> Yeah, forgery was definitely. I got an A in. For sure.
0: Okay, yeah. that yeah. works. <laughs> we won't tell anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't try that stuff now. I'd be like, you know, yeah, right now. Nah. <laughs>
0: you know, your dad can't get mad at you now. It's over.
1: Yeah, yeah. My mom, would be like, God damn it, Dieter, dude, what are you doing? What I didn't? What <laughs> oh, you left this morning, white. You came back with a tan and a three degree burn. You're supposed to be in school. Do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> I know. If you think about it, I think she wasn't gonna notice that I came back with a tan. Right. Like well, you know, Ocean View doesn't have any windows. So it's not like I right. got like a tan at school. <laughs> right? Did you see that at school? It was a prison. Yes. There was no windows. Yeah,
0: it's it's a very interesting design. It's it's poorly it's poorly engineered.
1: Yeah. Well yeah. And when we were there we didn't even have trees or anything they just built the prison. Or I mean the school. <laughs> so um I didn't realize until I got out of it that somebody had said, "Oh, you went to Oceanview." I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Oh, the school that looks like a prison with no windows." And it was in that moment I realized, "Oh my God, you're right. It didn't have any windows. No wonder it sucked, and I hated it so bad because <laughs> I I love trees and air and people and birds and."
0: Yeah. So your parents made the right decision in sending you to Ocean View, and as everybody yeah. that isn't a part of Sunset League is going to listen to this conversation and go, "What the hell are these two people talking about?"
1: Yeah, what is RC and DD are having this private conversation? Hello, what about me yeah. over here, like in you know Canada and and right it, Montana? Are they like- really
0: <laughs> people wanting to come out to uh, to Huntington Beach?
1: Yeah, right. No, we're making it sound really nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the beaches are great. It's the education system that we had a problem with. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm up in Los Angeles, LA USD don't get me started yeah I <laughs> go to private first. yeah
0: when you they guys go. have your own issues over there?
1: Absolutely. yeah. it's tough times for all really, if you' really yeah yeah. Well, on a happier
0: note, you're part of David E. Kelly's big Sky on ABC, which premieres November 17th.
1: I am I am.
0: Yeah. so that and that's, that's got to be a good deal. And for everyone that wondered that DG Dee, who got pushed through school, you know, sounds uneducated. She actually has a master's degree from UCLA.
1: Um, I just graduated, literally graduated? during, during making the, the pilot of this show. See? That, that was, yeah, well, because we were in Zoom, uh, doing Zoom because of COVID, so I was doing both. Yeah. Um, but it took me 10 years. Thank you, Ocean View. Took me 10 years <laughs> to get, yeah, the, well, I discovered quickly how bad my education was when they tested me. <laughs> They said this woman, a fifth grader looks like, <laughs> yeah, no, I made fifth go- fifth graders look amazing. Um, I had a lot of prerequisites. I had to really start from like a second grade education and that's okay though. Yeah. It's actually okay. It was part of my journey. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a huge part of your journey, but you have your master's degree. You still look fantastic. Yeah. You can still pass for 23. So for all of us are really upset at you for that.
1: Hey, oh my God. You're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all, it's all that time in the sun. Get it, you know, getting, uh, your hair bleached by by it.
1: Oh, well, and now I'm red. I'm red for the show. I don't think if you can see it. Yeah, I'm red now for the show. So I took one for the team because there were so many blondes on the show. Everybody was pretty much blonde. But um, um, Jade went brown and I went red. So that's super fun. Right.
0: The only two natural blondes in this. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm not picky.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know much of anything is natural with me anymore at this age. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, at least you're having a good time with it.
1: Oh, I, you know, the whole thing with age is that it's going to happen. So I'm right. sorry. I don't mean to break the news. So it's not about like growing old because you are, we all, if we're fortunate enough to be able to grow old, right? So it's not about that. It's more about how you, how are you going to grow old and you can grow old gracefully um, and with humor, or you can resist it and kick and scream the whole way and, and Get, you know, and try to hang on to looking 16 when you're 56, which I'm not interested in doing. I'm more about softening the ages, the age. You know, I joke about getting old, how everything's falling and like this gobble gobble on my neck. Oh, shut day. up. You look great. Well, I'm kind of making sure my face is at a certain angle. So it's not so bad, but like you look in the mirror and you go, what is that? Right. Why is that happening? I don't like that. So you have to embrace it and laugh at it.
0: <laughs> well, don't worry. When my hair started to go, I was joking. I was like, that's it. I'm getting Propecia <laughs> and uh, what's it called? <laughs> you know, uh, and all the other yeah. regenerative stuff and implants and whatever else. And someone showed me a video of how they do the implant surgery. I was like, nope, I am investing in
1: racism. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I used to get like Botox in my face and needles in the face. I don't like needles anywhere right. at all. In my face, in particular, boy, it does help soften the wrinkles and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 willing to do a couple little bit here and there. But you know what's really fun about aging is when your two teenage sons remind you that that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like they, Braxton, man, I was kickboxing and my hip is now hurting. You know, and I'm I i do not know. And he's like, well, Mom. I go well, what? He's like, well, I go no. He's like, yeah. And Maximus walks through. He's right, Mom. You're getting a little no. <laughs> And they're like, older. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun with me getting old. Yeah, well, it's all right. Just, just
0: remind them that it's going to happen to them one day.
1: Well, I say, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, the waters are fine over here. Yeah. That's something else too, really, to be honest. I want to show them that getting old, you know, there's the way, there's ways to do it and you have a choice. Sure. So when I turn 50, which I like to call 50, by mm-hmm. the way, don't even call yourself 50. That's way yeah. too serious. You gotta be 50, 51, 52. And I'm fitty sex. Mm -hmm. Six is sex. So when I'm 60, I'm going to be 60, 61, 62. I haven't figured out 70 yet. Yeah. So I'm fitty sex. Mm My boys hate it when I say that. (laughs) And when I turned fitty, I threw a party Mm -hmm. where everybody that I knew had to come with their kids and everyone had to wear pajamas. Okay. And everyone had to bring a game. And Mm they bring your own food and your own booze, Right. And we threw a party, and we were dancing to Madonna, Tears for Fears, Prince, all the stuff that I grew up with, you know, mm-hmm. in um, the the eighties and stuff. And uh, my kids and their friends looked at us like we were insane. We were like having a blast, mm-hmm. all of us in our fifties, forties, even sixties, and it was it was hysterical because I th- they said it was one of the funnest parties they'd ever gone to, and it was my fifty party. Wow. So I showed them you can have a fifty series party and be all like now oh, mature now which you know or you can throw a party and make everyone wear pajamas and by the way my birthday's on the new year so
0: yeah well they that's fantastic to, you're a new year's baby
1: a new year party where you had to wear pajamas it's like Even just better. don't take that shit so serious come on man right come
0: on and no drinking and driving everyone's already ready for bed
1: there you go uber all of, yep exactly so that's yeah
0: don't worry, I have a couple of friends, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember the gorgeous ladies of wrestling back in the eighties, you know, uh, the, the original uh, series glow.
1: Oh, you know, I was, I've been in school for 10 years, I haven't seen anything.
0: Yeah. Well no, the original oh. series in the eighties, you know, all the, all the original wrestlers, I'm friends with a bunch of them and people are like, oh, have you tried to keep up with them in partying? I was like, they're in their fifties going into their sixties oh. and there's no way in hell I could keep up with them because they partied in Vegas and the sunset strip back then. So I'm not even going to remotely try.
1: Well, that's probably why I don't remember them is because I was partying as well, but in a different group. (laughs) Because you said, remember, and I'm looking at you like, no, I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember a lot about my history, either age and way too much partying.
0: (laughs) We'll just blame it on age because, you know, we don't want to go into the party details. There's none of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because my sons are like, really, mom? Mom?
0: And you'll just sit there and you'll just be like, oh, you guys think you had it bad? Wait till, you know, at least we didn't have cameras back then.
1: Oh, God. You know, I don't say that to my boys that you think you have it bad. Because I really think in a strange way, they have it uh, much more difficult for a lot of different reasons, you know? Yeah, um, yeah really. Because uh, we didn't have a lot of the stuff now that, like this, you know, the bowling online and the, do, did you like my Instagram or whatever? You know, the liking thing, which I just had to get an Instagram account. I had to step into the millennium. I'm actually having to become a a social media savvy, which resistantly I'm doing it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't blame you in some instances, but you're right back then. You know, when we were kids, if you got bullied, you just went home and then you graduated high school and moved away. You know?
1: Well, yeah. Or you said, mom, I'm sick. I don't want to go to school tomorrow. You know, you know, so you didn't have to deal with a bully. Um, or you, or, or you would have, you'd stick your older sister or brother on (laughs) him after (laughs) school. (laughs) I paid John Heinley a quarter one time because a girl was bullying me, and I said, "John Heinley," he used to call me "dorky diaper." Ah, oh, I had such a crush on him, and I called him John Heinhol. John, yes, John Heinley. I'm giving you a. He's Orange County, um, really cutie. He didn't know I had a crush on him. Um, he'd go dorky diaper, and I go John Heinhol. And anyways, I would try to. I think I paid him a quarter to go beat up Cindy. Somebody I can't remember the last name. How she bully? She was threatening to bully me and beat me up, and. That's how you did it. You paid John, John Heinley a quarter to go take care of it and he never did. <laughs> he didn't do anything. To, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and she never did anything either. She was just being mouthy, okay. but I was scared. I don't, I don't remember why she, she didn't like me. I have no idea what to say why she didn't like
0: he me. He ran off to play at excite bike at the, uh, at the arcade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> John is like a stoner. <laughs> I get into the. He doesn't know I knew that. I would get into this truck every morning because he took me to school. I was like, "Dude, that air freshener with the pot smell together, <laughs> it's clashing with my perfume, <laughs> my Charlie I used to wear."
0: And Didi just killed John's uh, Senate dreams. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, he did inhale. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're having a good
0: time with all of this because you know <laughs> this guy seems a little more of a serious show than what we're used to in dealing with you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, Big Sky is a wild ride. It, it's serious. It's scary. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of things. That's what makes it really exciting. David really did it. Like a, an inc- he always does an incredible job. This one's just jam packed with all sorts of. Uh, um, um, I love how eclectic the cast is. The mm-hmm. storylines. It's it starts off. You know, with story of these two girls missing, and then. It, but it just blends into all these other storylines and characters and dynamics and conversations. And, uh, I will probably never take a road trip again and at night. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> um, I love the way that, uh, that ABC in the studio and David are all really, um, pushing the envelope on this, making it look a little more cable, the network. Right. That's exciting right there. Cause you know, um, kind of competing with the cable shows, right? Which means it's going to be a little more than what you're probably used to seeing on, on a major network. So that's fun. Um,
0: yeah, they do have, they do own FX now, so they can just take the the talent that Fox had over there with FX and FXX and bring them on over to, uh, to ABC and liven things up a little bit.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to, honestly, I'm really proud and excited and so uh, grateful to be working in a, in a really complicated time, Mm -hmm. um, where most are unemployed. Include, not only in this industry, but in our country right now. Absolutely.
0: And, and and it's I, a, it's hard.
1: Yeah. And at 56, I was given this like amazing opportunity. Um, that's, uh, I don't take that lightly. You know, um, mother, mother earth really threw me a lifeline in a big way because I, I had literally, like I said, was graduating with my masters and I got to tell you, I didn't realize on my journey that social workers don't make any money. Certainly not with two, two boys on in tow. Right. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. David didn't even know that when he offered me this role. He had no idea that I would spent 10 years to get a degree that was not going to be able to financially support me. This was before the pandemic, by the way. So, right. He didn't even know that. So he had no idea. He threw me a lifeline. So it's so weird how like the way the world works and you just never know It's around the corner. Right.
0: I think the same thing happened to Christy Metz with this is us. I think she had like 85 bucks in the bank account and it was the last 85 bucks to get out to LA and she got the show.
1: Yeah. 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 I was right there with her, man. I was, I was like, okay, wow. Um, it was not cheap to go through 10 years of, of not working. And, um, yeah, but like life throws you shit balls. Right. And it's not about whether or not that's going to happen or not. That is going to happen. Like I tell my boys, it's a matter of how you're going to deal with those shit balls. Really? That's the question. Right. And there's your work. So I was, well, you were
0: ready to move back in with your parents over here in Huntington Beach.
1: Well, here's the problem. They're no longer with us. They both oh, went I'm to light. Sorry. So that would have been a, well, unless I wanted to go to the light with them, which I'm not really ready yet. Because no. I have some more living to do. Actually, I have a lot to do in this world. We're not ready to lose you yet. Oh, please, no, thank you. Yeah, I love to hear that um, because I have big plans for myself. I want to take my beautiful, amazing, loyal fan base, which God bless them, still hang on even 10 years when I disappeared, um, who are now coming back because I'm back. I want to blend that with my degree um, and find a way. To uh, help people on a on a larger scale, looking through the lens of a social worker, and when I say social worker, um, my degree is not just only about children. Actually, my area of concentration is not children; it's uh, substance use, mental illness, those experiencing homelessness, right? Social welfare issues, right? And on a policy macro level, meso community. And micro, which is individual, like in treatment plans, and and I'm interested in all three of those levels, wow. and in those areas of concentration. And I want to. I'm not going to spend ten years and throw that away, right? right. I want to figure out a way to blend these two things together somehow. I haven't figured it out yet. Reality TV. There you go.
0: Docu series.
1: There you go. We'll make yeah. it more
0: professional, not reality TV, a docu series.
1: There you go. You and me, RC. We'll make that happen.
0: All right. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, but I'm excited and Big Sky is going to, you know, um, I think hopefully entertain a lot of people in, in, a, in a really difficult time right. and also give me an opportunity to help people in some way.
0: With, with everything that's going on in this world and you're filming the series, which again debuts November 17th, uh, now you have to have a skeleton crew essentially. You know, it's yeah. not 80 people behind the camera anymore it's not the union guy will yell at you if you move the chair because you know, you did something that, that yeah. a union guy was supposed to do. Um, how does that differ than say going back and working with Chuck Lorre on Sybil where mm-hmm. it was a comedy, but there was a million people behind the camera with a live audience to now a drama series with 20 people behind the camera running everything and almost feeling like an indie scene
1: film. You know, it's, it- RC, yeah, you hit it on the head. It is a polar opposite. Um, it's it's very shocking to have worked 10 years ago. It was very intimate setting, whether it was a half an hour comedy or an hour drama. The crew, the cast, there's just a lot of bonding. There's just a lot of um, team playing. And um, that looks different now. It's completely different. Um, skeleton crew, yes. They actually even did a... Well, you have like these, we have these bubbles, like A bubble, B bubble, C bubble, and each one um, is abiding by COVID rules, like as a cast, because we will be working without masks while on the set. And those very few people around us, um, actually, no, they're all wearing masks. I think that when we're talking about director, all of them wear masks. But those of us without masks, we're in the A bubble and we get tested twice a week, whether we're working or not. And we, ha- I can go an hour to the set to get tested, um, and so there's that. And then the A, the B bubble gets tested and and what have you. When we walk through the set, if there's crew that are like working on sets, they're asked to move out, so we walk through Correct. with the mask. Yeah, so literally to keep the bubbles separate, so we don't inadvertently expose each other because. Um, you know, the requirements are a little bit different for, say, the B bubble and the C bubble. And then the, the Canadians who live here versus us who come from L.A. Um, it started with the two-week quarantine the minute we got here. They are very serious here. They were not playing. We, we, we were checked on to make sure we were quarantining, which I really respect. And I like that. Uh, but working together, it's uh, – everything is Zoom. Everything is Zoom now. And um, – you you don't have that intimacy anymore, and right. to me that's a little sad. Um, I'm learning to uh, you to figure out other ways to be intimate and bond and and connect with people in in a different way. You got to think out of the box, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. yeah, you got to learn how to be clever behind a mask, funny behind a mask. Show them how you feel with your eyes now, because you don't have your whole face to show them. Except we do those plastic things now. Right. The plastic ones, which really helps. So when I smile at somebody walking by, they know, oh, she's genuine, right? right. Very hard to get that across with a mask. Right. So there is, it's not as personal as it used to be, but um, not impossible, just difficult. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. And by the way, if one of us gets COVID, the whole thing shuts down for two weeks. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility on us to make darn sure that we are being smart with our choices and our decisions hence why i named my the, the my hotel room here the bat cave. <laughs> i stay here unless i work. i go out rarely unless i absolutely have to.
0: well now because of that we got to get you get you at least a cameo either in the new batman movie or in batwoman on cw. okay cool. Yeah. i'll do it.
1: i'll do it. i'm back. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> excuse me one second.
1: oh bless you. oh.
0: yeah, i don't want to cough into the microphone. Uh, getting wow. over a, a little, uh, a little cough. I'm the only person that can go get a physical at the doctor's office and come back with a cold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. That's just wrong. Right yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm not going to put my, my doctor's office on blast for that, but, uh, you mentioned the COVID <laughs> thanks thing.
1: Thanks yeah. a lot, RC. Yeah. We'll remember you next time you come in. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: They're the ones that sprayed me down down with a cough and <laughs> sore throat. They're like, here, these germs will get them.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, here comes RC. Get, get get that special bottle of spray for him.
0: <laughs> right. This is the hand sanitizer that will really, really clean the germs for you, pal. A
1: well, extra something, something in there for RC. <laughs> uh,
0: you mentioned the testing, and you're getting t- tested twice a week. And yeah. if we go back a little ways to the World Series in Game 6 where the L.A. Dodgers won, Uh, Justin Turner tested positive in the middle of the game and was, was sent off the field in the seventh inning. So, you know, this isn't, uh, something that people should really be surprised with. I mean, when you, when you get tested, is it the, the up nose swab or is it the throat swab? Like, how are they doing this for you guys?
1: It's the nose swab. So I always say Mondays and Thursdays, I go get my nose violated. That's like the, the two things. Other than work, I know I get to leave the bat cave for. I say, well, I talked to my best friend, Carla. and my like, Carla, I'm going to go get my, my nose violated. She's like, good luck with that, honey. We'll see you get back. This is because I'm, I'm talking to her on the phone all the time because just to connect with people. And um, But I will say one thing about the Canadians. They don't violate your nose. They're so gentle, just like the Canadians. They're like, we're going to do a little swab. And I'm like, thank you, because in L.A., man, they're tickling the back of my brain with those things. They're like, oh, no, there's no need for that.
0: Right. You're remembering sophomore year Italian all of a sudden because they hit yeah. the right nerve.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like when I got tested in L.A., I was like traumatized for that. I Like my nose right now just shuddered at the thought of that L.A. Cause I got tested three times in L.A. because there was a couple of close, close calls. Well, I still convinced I, I got COVID, but the test was um faulty, I'm pretty sure. But um yeah, those were pretty violent. So when I found out, oh, God, we're going to have to do it twice a week. And then I got here and they were so gentle. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I love the Canadians. They're very sweet here.
0: (laughs) Now, now, are your sons out there with you or are they in LA and they're doing online studies?
1: Yeah, my 18-year-old is actually um, not no longer in school and he is working, he teaches Taekwondo and he's working on his, um, well, he has a second degree black belt, put a pause on his third degree, teaches Taekwondo and is training for MMA Let's not go there. Yeah, mama is supporting him begrudgingly, but mm.
0: Well, you um, know, I also cover MMA, so let me know about his debut and I'll talk to your son as well.
1: Oh, joy. Yeah, let's not encourage it. <laughs> RC, I did nine months to make sure the boy had a good, full, solid brain, ten fingers, ten toes, good looking, he's a classic pianist, lots, lots going on for him and he's gonna go have some bash his head in. <laughs> okay, his mom, the point is not to get my head bashed in, okay? So, so that's what Braxton is doing. And, um, so he's all 18 and has all the answers in the world. And then Maximus just turned 15, two days ago. So, um, and he's my, um, he's forges. he makes knives and he's like a a chef and he's in, what is he in his sophomore year online school and both boys are home, uh, holding down the fort, taking care of the rescued Rottweiler, rescued cat from a kill shelter and the rescued uh, cockatoo. Wow they're busy boys. They're over there holding it down without mama.
0: Well, they got to take care of the petting zoo somehow.
1: That's right. We, yeah, we, we it well, my email has, you know, I live on a mountain and live in a zoo. It's yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: what's it like, I mean, being so far away from your kids at this point, because you did take 10 years off, you know, you raised your kids, you went to school, you did all that stuff. Uh, one is an adult. The other one is almost there, but it's kind of an empty nest in reverse now that you're filming out in, uh, you know, on the borders of Canada and Montana.
1: You know, RC, it's funny you bring that up. Um, it, I'm not going to lie. It's really hard being with my boys you know, uh, we're like the three musketeers with a lot of rescue animals around us. Um, as are in our peanut gallery. Um, we're really tight. We've gone through a lot together and the three of us have gone through a lot. And so we're tight. And, um, uh, I don't think that they realized how much they were going to miss me. So part of me is kind of like, aha, you do miss me. And then the other part of me is like, oh no, I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to feel that pain. Um, I miss them with every bone in my body, and it's difficult. So my challenge is, is I have to somehow make sense of this because it's not easy being away from them. I'm very attached to my boys. My whole life has been trying to be the best mother I can. And as you know, anyone who knows as a parent, and especially a single parent, that's <laughs> it's not always so easy, right? Um, somehow, the only way to make sense of it is is to lean into it. It's like, um, I, I can't resist the fact, I have to leave uh room for being so grateful to be employed and be able to put food on their table when other people in the country are in food lines. I do not take that lightly. I, it goes right to my heart. And at the same time, I'm also sad and I miss my boys. I leave room for both to exist in the universe. Um, um, and then there's this third level where I have to say, well, there's this has to make sense. There's a reason why this is happening, right? And I don't know the answers other than to say I think maybe this is like a rites of passage for them where they have to learn how to boil water and make some pasta for themselves if they really want pasta. Or, um, wow, your clothes are stinky. I guess you may have to do laundry, huh? Or you know, get along and figure out what that looks like to have a conversation with, you, with each other. If you just clean the kitchen and the other one comes in and leaves ice cream all over the, the um, thing, you know, and Maximus is not picking up the bird shit, you know, and Braxton's not picking up the dog shit. No one's cleaning the litter box and the house stinks, right? So like they get an opportunity to, I guess, do adult responsibilities, right? And they're going to learn some lessons and grow up, let's just say. And I guess for me, it's <laughs> letting the, um, stretching the umbilical cord even um so even more so especially with brax i had to snip it off he's 18 now like i said he has all the answers um and and um god i remember being 18 having all the answers i i totally remember that age And i say to him i know i know listen i get it i know i'm just i i said it's shocking i became 50 i got to 56 knowing nothing it's just shocking right um so this is a, a big learning curve for all of us. Me learning how to continue to stay in my lane, let them grow, let them make their mistakes, let them fall and figure out how to get back up again without mama bear. Right. And then I guess maybe one day if I dated again or something, that would take up some of my time too.
0: You could do that. And then on top of this, you can take the pain and channel it into your dramatic roles.
1: Well, you know, it's great. Cause I don't know too much about Denise. And so it gives me a lot of room to, to to pull from my personal experiences. That's what's going on with with me, Dee Dee, and pull that in with to Denise. Because this is, yeah, this is like um these two girls that are in the detective office. I've kind of adopted as my own um uh crazy girls, you know, that are out and doing stuff that I can't control. Um, and then there's these two other girls that are missing. So the mama bear and Denise comes out. So I am absolutely able to pull from um, the levels of feeling as a mother Dee, I get to pull into Denise and right. and yeah.
0: And this is a big ensemble cast as well. I mean, you got John Carroll Lynch in there, you have Ryan Philippi, Brooke Smith, you know, Gabriel Jacob cross and so on and so forth. You know, when you have an ensemble like this, um, it could have like one of those SVU running series, you know, like NCIS is, I think 17 seasons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, SVU, I think went into like 20 seasons at some point and so on and so forth. So this could have the longevity of one of those those shows.
1: Hey, listen, RC, from your mouth to the network's ears. Okay. <laughs> that would be beautiful if we could have a long run on this. I I think I see the opportunities are really endless because it is a ginormous cast and the, and the main storyline, you know, branches out to so many other colorful storylines. Um, that it's interesting on so many levels. It's um, no matter which direction they want to take it in every week. That's what's so fun. Because every time I read a script, it's the first time I discover something about another character. I go, oh, oh okay, cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. And there has to be a character that you already don't like from reading the scripts beyond just your lines.
1: Uh, oh, a character that I don't like uh, as a like character or personally?
0: Both. Like, yeah, you, you know, when you watch a show and you're like, I don't like that character specifically. So you Oh, know. because
1: we're like a jack, uh,
0: right.
1: donkey's butt, right? Um
0: You can't tell us which character it is, but there has to be one already.
1: Well, Denise at this point, in, we're only at script five, mm-hmm. and I haven't read anything else after that. Um Denise uh just loves everybody. She stays in her lane at this point, right? Um, I'm sure she's not very fond of whoever it is that's creating trouble for I can't how do I say that? who's creating turmoil, right? Um, But I think even Denise could probably find a way to look at that as I'm sure they probably had a messed up childhood and there's probably a reason for their bad behavior, right? Having said that, there is a character that Dee Dee Pfeiffer, when I read it, I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. Oh, And I love the way David and the writers were not afraid to – I'm not gonna say anything other than I'll let everybody else decide right. for themselves. But I know exactly the character that I look at with my eyes raised going, Oh yeah, I know those people. Right. I'm
0: yeah. just gonna say as my theory, and I haven't even seen it yet, it's John Carroll Lynch's character because John in real life is too nice of a guy that he has to let, let out all his angst through various characters he plays
1: I will tell you this he is the sweetest man right and the character he's playing woo-hoo-hoo! yeah he's gonna take you on quite a journey um and I'm not saying nothing you're not getting anything out of me nope, he's not trouble by the network if I blow any, if I do any spoiler alerts I was um, threatened <laughs> to journey.
0: listen I'm not gonna get Mickey Mouse mad at me in any regard I'm not gonna get him mad at you either
1: yeah. Yeah. You'll find Denise like dead in episode three in the gutter. And they'll be like, Oh, well, she's really
0: alert. <laughs> we rewrote those last six episodes. Thanks to her. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I, I'm just throwing John's name out there. Cause John is such a nice guy he that, really I, that I could pick him out being the instigator in this. Cause he's just that talented.
1: Well, I don't know if he is or not. Um, but he's I'll put pretty, this way, he's so talented, right? Um, this is a crazy script because just when you think you know somebody, you don't, and this, and when you don't know them, you do. It's, it's, it's. I put it this way: you're, you're not going to see a lot of things coming. How about that? Buckle that's up. That's good. That's Buckle good. Up. Yeah.
0: You know, now, now we're in suspense.
1: Yes, yeah. that's how every episode's going to leave you too, which is really cool. Oh, uh,
0: I have to ask: when you took the time off to go finish your education, and a master's degree is a, is a huge get, especially from UCLA. Um, And then you come back. Obviously, with the world situation now, things have changed. But was there something that was gnawing at you to make you want to come back? Or was it also something of like when you came back, it felt different in a sense? Because your whole family has talented you, Lori, Michelle. You've all been actors. You've all all been working for so long that now after a hiatus to return to the industry, it's got to feel comfortable, but it's also got to feel a little unnerving because it's not what you left behind like how they say you can never go home
1: again type deal um that is actually um yeah that's that's a good point actually um well first i never went back to school because i had never gone to school i started acting when i was 18 right out of the sh- well no, no no i'm sorry I, at 18 i went right to um acting school class for two years i just st- i worked and studied for two years from 18 to 20 then started interviewing and then eventually got work. And I then um, only acted up until 10 years ago when I decided to go to school. So I didn't go back to school. I like, I guess at higher education. That was the first time I'd ever ventured um, into higher education. To answer your question, it's very interesting being back. A lot has changed. Um, I have changed. I mean, I come now back looking at life through the lens of a social worker on a macro, meso, and micro lens. Um it's all so different. Um what got me well I, I know what you're asking. Um I remember even while I was acting, I was told you better find something to do in your downtime while you're not working because actors are more unemployed than employed uh, in any given day. So your life better be full in that void time. Otherwise you're gonna be pretty miserable. So I filled that up with a lot of volunteer work, animal rescue, wildlife rescue, um I volunteer the children's hospital project angel food, delivering food to those um, who were dying of AIDS at the time. And uh, at that time it was, it was only um, delivering to people with AIDS. Now it's, it's, more broad but I was doing a lot of that stuff and that stuff really filled me up really filled up my soul and then I started watching the news while working out so I could keep my thin body being an actress and I started looking at the news and seeing a lot of stuff that was going down in the world that I just wanted to help and I didn't know how and then I was getting really frustrated with acting um wasn't feeling my soul anymore and I realized I needed I wanted to help on a on a on a larger level and a bigger bigger level and so I, I actually sat and talked to my sister I was like you know I think I think I just, I I need to maybe go to school or something and maybe get a a degree, you know. And she was like, oh, my God, that'd be fantastic. So I literally just asked around. Someone said, go to the community college peers and go ask them. So I walked up there. (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. I walked into the office and said, hi, um, I need to get a degree so I can help people. And they said, okay, well, which degree? I said, I don't know. They go, what do you mean you don't know? I said, you tell me. What degree do I need to help people? And the guy's looking at me like I had a third eye, and I said, "I don't know how this works. I've never gone to college. I just know that I really want to help people." So you're talking about a psych psych degree? I said, "Okay, if that's what I need to, if that's what I need to get." So he just said, "Okay, well then you need to start these classes. Is what you need to do." And he literally spoon fed me. We realized shortly I had a learning disability. Had no idea I had that, Um, and the journey started from there. And. Like I said, it took 10 years. I didn't know what a thesis statement was. I didn't know anything. So um, I thought I could go in and get a degree in a year and then go back and help people and act. I had no idea it was going to take me 10 years. That was totally like, I didn't know because I had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't know that I had a a lot of stuff going on in there. So the world has changed. Acting has changed. Um, I'm just really grateful that my degree is actually helping me get through it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, with everything going on and your worldview had to have changed at some point, especially in the process of getting a social work degree. Um, some people that become social workers, through my experience of people who I've grown up with and, and know that are in the field, either have become more empathetic or have become more hard hearted. Mm-hmm. How do you avoid becoming the hard hearted person?
1: Well, that's actually a really, I'm glad you brought that up. Burnout, I think the percentage is outrageous of social workers' burnout. Like they most burn out and quit before they even pay back their loans. Huge problem. And now with the way the world is, I have my friends that are out in the front lines right now. And they're struggling, especially now with the pandemic and um, the uh, issues that are not being addressed on a social welfare issue. It's. I mean, you see it on a political level, but when you're when my friends are telling me what's happening actually in the field, it's pretty painful, and the burnout is real. My friends are already burning out. They're a year into it. They're a year into their you know new jobs, and they're already burning out. So, they talk about self care. Um, and they talk about it. And they tell you you have to do it, but I don't, and this is one of my issues. And I talked with my friends about it a lot. Self-care has to be priority. Otherwise you spend a long time to get to a degree that you're going to burn out. And then, you know, you don't get to fulfill, um, your passion to want to help people. So it revolves around self-care. It's difficult when, um, especially when the workload is impossible to get to. So it's very difficult And that's one thing I actually want to do is bring attention to that. These social wars are not being the most effective if they're overloaded with cases, underpaid, you know what I mean, and and no room for self-care. And I'm not talking self-care to go to Palm Springs for a week and, you know, I'm talking self-care where, like, that needs to be embedded in there. Because if if the people that are trying to help other people in crises are not being taken care of and they're burning out left and right, then we have a huge problem here, Right. Um, so how do you do it? You have to be clever and discover ways, right? For me, my spirituality really helps. Like the way I look at life and, uh, a lot of that has to do with remembering not to future trip and cause there's, there's no changing in the future cause I'm not there yet and there's no healing in the past, you know, and it's being in the moment. Taking those breaths, being mindful. All these things that we talk about sound like buzzwords. They're actually really effective. I I really don't like meditation. I'm too busy for that. Let me tell you, that, and meditation isn't sitting there going yom, yom, yom for an hour. No, a meditation can happen in your car at a red light. You know, walking your dog, just like stop and look at the trees. Listen to the, I mean, that's meditation, being in the moment. So that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually a huge problem we're having right now. And it's something actually I'm going to try to put some, a high, a a spotlight on because we can say, oh, this is a problem, right? A burnout. We can say it's real. Okay. Well, you can bitch about something all day. Okay. Okay. But now what, right? Who has some ideas on how we can fix that and, and implement those plans to help those who help others, right? Yeah. Um, Because otherwise, they're asking you to be Superwoman, Superman. I mean, I have friends at the VA, and they're watching all that. And I have another friend who's in the field with the homeless, another one who's LAUSD with children who are "Mm, being—I'm not going to go there. And my other friend works with the older population.
0: Right.
1: So I have friends all over in every nook of of levels, and they um, we do like a Zoom meeting and they love me because I'm like uh, I just joke have a good time get them laughing get them laughing for a minute you know and send them send them gifts that are really funny of you know those silly things that you know people are just ridiculous I'll just send that randomly in the middle of the day because I know they'll probably have there's a good chance of probably having a hard day and they'll be like thank you for that I forgot to smile I forgot to laugh I forgot to take a big breath take a big breath right I don't have the answers to that, R.C. I wish I did, but I'm really interested in exploring um, what that looks like for me. Yeah, I just try to find um, ways to uh, lean into it, not let it. Lean into it is different than sitting in it. Right? Ignoring it is never an option. Right? You know, running from it mm, that's going to bite you in the butt, and um, sitting in it it will eat you alive leaning into it, leave some space for it, acknowledge it and also balance it with something else. that's the polar opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Being to the end kind of thing. Right. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: You know, um, should there be like, you know, certain religions, uh, Islam has this where they pray five times a day. Uh, monastic Christianity has it where they pray five times a day. The monks will go, you know, often pray five times a day. Mm -hmm. Um, in a, let's put it from a secular perspective, um, you know, cause we don't want to promote one religion over another, or, you know, it's a secular world that we, that we're all trying to work in, uh, should there be, you know, it used to be an hour lunch break and then a 15 minute, what they called smoke break or coffee break. And then they reduced it to two 15 minute breaks and a half hour break for lunch. Uh, should there be more break time for certain industries? Like social work should be one psychology should be another, um Education at this point, because I know teachers get burned out, they give them an hour prep period, but the prep period was worthless. I remember when I was teaching, I was like, this is nonsense.
1: yeah, so, yeah. You know. um, that's actually kind of you bring that up. I think that that actually yes, yes, I think that um, that's really important to well we do have to embrace. I'm not religious, but I respect that other people are. Absolutely. You do you boo, right? Whatever that looks like for you, that makes you a good person, right? Um, makes you feel better, makes you know, gives you your sense of values and um kindness, hopefully to others, right? Um, I have a friend in UCLA. We were doing a group project together. It was he and I and uh, two other people in the back seat and we were doing some scouting on a paper we had to do uh on community. And um anyway, long story short, he said, Oh, I'm sorry guys, he he was of a faith that where he had to pray. Or meditated, one. I'm not sure which one four times a day or something like that and he said oh, i'm sorry guys can i have silence for i think five minutes he said i need to pray and we all kind of went oh sure so we all got quiet in the car and we were just driving through the streets of hollywood and we we drove we pulled the car over and we all waited for him to do his uh religious spiritual uh, religious um um routine um and I found that fascinating and it only took five minutes. Right. I thought that was so cool. I love that guy. He was so cool. And I just thought that that was so beautiful that he had a religion that, you know, um, fed his soul. And here he is, at a, you know, trying to become a social worker where he's not gonna make a d- any money, really, if you really want to go there. Um, but he cares that much about people. So I thought, that got me thinking. Wow, we do need to leave more space for that, whatever that looks like, for everybody, right? That could be meditation for one person. Um, for him, it would maybe prayer. Another person, you know, it could be texting their kids at home in the middle, of, right? Saying, "Hey, Johnny, hey, Susie, no, do not hit Johnny with that." You know, you know, whatever that is for everybody, right? Where you can just check out of what you're doing for a minute and, and, and reset, right? Um, I will tell you this, one thing that we are not prepared for, which I was just talking to my friends about this the other day, um, and I think it's a huge problem, and I'm going to talk to one of my professors at UCLA, but in this field of social workers, we deal with death. Mm-hmm. I personally don't believe in death. I That's why I told you my parents went to the light. My parents aren't dead. Their bodies are gone and buried, but their soul is living on. Uh, that's just my belief. Um, that's how I'm able to deal with so many people having left me, you know, at young age from addiction, Um, I lost a friend to COVID. My son, my, one of my son's best friends, 17 years old died addiction. My son had to bury him. That's painful. That's hard to make sense of that. My parents were older, you know. It made sense because they were older, but still I miss them. It was hard. I didn't know where everybody went when they left because I didn't have a religion to fall back on, to lean into, lean on actually. So that's where I started to look into other ways of looking at that. And I found that when people and things are born, they see light. First thing you see when you open your eyes is light. People who have been declared dead, supposedly, came back, They all, almost all of them said the same thing, I saw light. So I thought, my therapist said, huh, interesting. And I went, oh, that makes, I know where you're going with that. And that made sense to me. I don't know if that's right or not, or real, but that makes sense. When you're born, you see light. When you die, supposedly, you see light. So I thought, ah, okay. There's a circular thing going on there. So I don't think the soul dies. I think it goes back to the light and becomes energy or go back to the life form, whatever. I'm, I'm into all that. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, so the beautiful helps, thing
0: is no one's going to persecute you for it.
1: No, it's just my belief. And that's others share it and others don't. And that's cool. But I can tell you one thing. when I When you lose somebody at 17 to addiction, I have to know that, you know, Uzi went to the light, right? He went to the light. And my parents, too, and everyone else who have lost, my friend who lost to COVID, yes, alone in a hospital, no friends or family around him. He went to the light. So they don't prepare us in these professions such as social work for that. And I think that they really do need to sit us down because a lot of us in the field have lost people. And some of my friends are struggling with that because they've lost their sense of religion or their religion is not working for them anymore or they don't have a religion, you know, like I had, right? So it's something that they need to help us with so that when we do lose clients or family or friends, we have something to lean on in those times. And all my friends were like, oh, my God, I never thought of that because one of my friends had lost somebody in the field and she was really struggling. And I asked her, I said, well, what do you think about where do you think he went? And she goes, you know, I, I I I just can't make sense. It's not fair,
0: right?
1: Right. So we had a great conversation. She and I, uh, we were on a Zoom call, and we all were talking about that. I said, everybody got, yeah, I all need to sit down when we get off the Zoom call and, and ask yourselves, you know, what does that look like for you personally, right? And everybody's religion or spirituality has a different philosophy on on what death looks like, you know, um, and if that even is real. But we need to like. Uh, like rediscover that so that you're armed. It's something you have in your toolbox when you go out there. Cause otherwise you get, you, get, you know, that's, that'll take, you, that'll take you out when, when clients are dying left and right and you don't have something strong to lean on. That'll burn you out real fast. Cause all of a sudden life now is really unfair and it doesn't make sense, you know, um, but at least if it's unfair, but it makes sense. It's like Uzi soul, you know, his leaving early now has meaning for hopefully my son and their friends. Right. Hopefully that will help the trajectory of their lives, making better choices. Not, not that he made a bad choice because he, you know, had an addiction and that's a disease. That's something we can't play with. Right. You know? So, yeah.
0: How does your studies and the cases that you've worked on and the case reviews that you had to go over in order to get your degree, affected you as an actor and influence your performances now?
1: Well, this is my first gig out of the shoot. Like I said, with my new degree, it's completely different. It's actually funny because, um, what, when I was, when I was acting before my degree, what, what, um, things I thought were so problematic and real issues and and (laughs) problems. I now look at, no, they weren't. (laughs) Not to say they weren't at all. It's just to what degree. Right. Right. Um, I can tell you one thing. that's nice about getting older is that, um, especially with all the growth that I've had in the last ten years, is uh, a, a sense of appreciation and that word grateful. I never really understood. I don't think really the meaning of being truly grateful. Like truly grateful, really makes you stop to think about the things you bitch about. You know, I, I can imagine some people find it to be a real bitch to go get COVID tested twice a week. And, but you know something, when you lose a friend to COVID. You know what was really a pain in the ass? Him dying alone in a hospital. Um, and I bet you that was a big pain. in his, You know what I mean? Really? So when you start to look at things from a different perspective. So I'm able to bring that to my roles now. Like uh, color my role. At least with Denise. That's my first role out of the shoot, like I said. But Denise is going to have a lot of colorful uh, internal uh, perspectives. And you know when the writers give me the script i'm able to go in there and just lace that stuff right through it so for instance i've given denise you know um she looks through the lens of compassion understanding no judgment um stays in her lane yes gossip is her currency but she doesn't use gossip in a mean way she uses it a way to bond with people and that might get her in trouble sometimes but it's never coming from a place of wanting you know, to get all up into everybody's grill, but it's a small town. That's what they all do. Right. Um, And, but she does it in a way I think to kind of bond with people knowing more about other people gives her a way to um, hopefully connect with them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It makes for interesting times. I think one thing that uh, people are forgetting, especially now, and you as a social worker would understand this is that addiction rates have also gone up and that's something they don't really talk about. Alcoholism, uh, recreational drugs, which I hate that phrase because it's drug abuse. Um, you know, which leads to child abuse and all sorts of other tragic things. I mean, it just creates this domino effect. And I think those also need to be more talked about in the situations that, that your colleagues are working in, um, with art imitating life or life imitating art in these instances, uh, how much of a relief has art been not only being the artist, but sharing your art with people?
1: Um, how much of a relief, like,
0: yeah, for you and then for the people that will, you know, be able to watch the, watch the series.
1: Well, I think everybody across the board is exhausted in the United States. They're They're, 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 they're tired of COVID, but they're done with COVID, but COVID's not done with us. That's just our truth. Um. And it's a very politically charged environment. People are dying. I mean, there's confusion. There's a The gap has never been greater. There's a lot going on that's extremely noisy. There's been a lot of noise, right, on a lot of levels. So I'm hoping this show gives everybody at least one hour of relief to check out for a minute so they can set that reset button, right? Um, And for me, being studying my butt off for ten years, you know. Um, this has been other than missing my boys and my and my fur babies, it's been um um how do I say it? I'm not gonna say fun, but it's been uh kind of nice to go back. Like Michelle said it too. She said, Do you feel like you kinda went back home? And I go, yeah, it feels like I went back home because I've been a student for 10 years. You know, I didn't know. For the first few years, I didn't even, like, raise my hand. I was like, this, this is not my backyard, you know. I'm playing in somebody else's backyard, you know. It's like an imposter for many years. Um, and so I feel like I've returned home. And I think it's it's so cool to be part of a new show in a time where everyone needs a break, needs a reset. And I get to be part of that. And again, wanting to help people as a social worker, this is just like another way to do it in a, in a way that's like, oh, that's right. I'm an actor. I can do that too. It's another way to help. It's just completely different than the way I did before. Um, and it is fun to be the character that's a little light. Denise does come in and pops a joke. when everyone's like really serious and really serious, and then she says something like, oh, really? And they go, you know what I mean? She gets to lighten it a little bit. And that's really fun for me to be able to do that. Because as a therapist, when I was in the field, I would do that. I tell my my, my clients, look, I, I, you tell me about you. I don't know you. I'm not going to sit here and diagnose you. <laughs> you know, you know you better than me. And, you know, people were very refreshed by that because I'm not going go to be like, I'm the therapist and I'm going to diagnose you. And then, you know, here I'm like, you're going to be part of your treatment plan. You know you better than me. So we have to work together. I'm here to help you figure you out. You know, and uh, that's how Denise is.
0: You know, so a lot of you goes into Denise, essentially.
1: Oh, yeah. David said to me, he said, listen, I have this role for you. I think it's perfect for you. So I was like, oh, so she's fitty sex, <laughs> finishing her degree. She's on the right side of the 50 bubble. <laughs> she's got two kids in tow, um, single, <laughs> crazy as a loon. And she's like, you know, like, no, <laughs> she's from Montana. But anyways, um, so... Yeah, I get, to, I, I get a lot of uh, room to put some Dee, Dee in it. So that's fun. That's fun for me. But she's still Denise. I don't even know, I don't even know if Denise is married. I don't know if she's divorced. I don't know. I know she's 50. She's younger than me. That's we'll cool. We'll find out in episode seven and eight, Dee Dee's backstory. Yeah, we'll <laughs> probably find out part. when you guys find out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the running joke with me and my family is that I'm always the last to know. Like I'm literally always the last to know about everything. So that's like a running joke. So guess what? In this film, they think, oh, Dee Dee must know everything before everybody else because she's David's sister-in-law. No, no, and no. I'm still the last to know. I don't even have an agent, dude. I mean, I have a manager who, God bless him, stuck with me this whole 10 years, you know, not being able to really book me ever, but still hung on because he still believed in me and then believed in my education and believed in my passion to want to help people. So when I got this gig, I still don't have an agent. (laughs) I just have a manager, you know, and so... And we're like, really? He's chill and I'm chill. Right. So, yeah. So everyone else is like, did you hear that? Did it? I go, no? And they're like, you didn't hear it. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> <laughs> so they discovered right on. If you want to know information, I am literally the last cast member to come to. because I'm finding stuff out after you guys. Yeah.
0: Right. That, that's great the, that your brother-in-law is making sure it's not full nepotism. And that you know nothing about the series?
1: Well, we don't, well, yeah, yeah. We we don't talk shop. We never did in real life before this, and we certainly aren't, aren't doing that now. If anything, it's, when I see him on the Zoom calls, when we do the roundtables, it's very weird for me because I don't know, like, how to act or how to be because I know in real life at, at Thanksgiving, he gives me shit, and, you know, and I'm, oh, you know, I give it back to him. And so in the Zoom meetings, I kind of just sit there and try to be like, You know, oh, ha, ha! You know, I'm just another cast member, and I'm just a picture. It's just weird for me because it's uh, he's all professional, and I'm all like, okay, I'm an employee now.
0: Was that always a family rule? In that you guys just didn't talk shop because you and your sisters are actors. You know, you come from an artistic family that you're just like, nope. You know, that work is work, and we're not dealing with it.
1: It was never a written rule ever. It was never discussed. It just um, organically uh happened. Um Michelle and I and Lori, we don't really we've never talked shop even before Dan uh before David I'm like Danny, who's Danny? Um before um, <laughs> before David uh even met Michelle because we are f we're you know, we're an Orange County family from Midway City not Orange County, the rich part. No 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 no, no. midway city, midway city under the four oh five and Beach Boulevard. Let's get it straight. Uh next to used valley. to
0: be the Huntington Center Mall dude that no, actually, actually Westminster closest
1: yeah I was gonna say Westminster is where I grew up and when Huntington mall came up we were like oh my god did you go to the Huntington mall it was like yeah like God had landed in Orange county that was like the we would just walk around we just walk my friends and I would just walk in circles and walk and be like yeah we're at the mall um yeah it was uh not the, it was it didn't look the way it looked now it looked like Beverly Hills last time I went to orange uh, especially Huntington Beach. Look at Beverly Hills had thrown up all over the place. <laughs> I like, what the hell? It was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Literally. It was not the, the the, Orange County that I grew up in anyway. So it's right.
0: um, not the sleepy beach down it used to be.
1: Yeah, Dwight's we would Dwight's with the strips and the salt. No, yeah, you get you get the sand in your strips and that was made it a little more crunchy and you watch the surfers. <laughs> it was so cute. Surf you ditch school to go watch the surfers and that was always fun. Um yeah, but we didn't have, there was nothing pretty down there. We had the oil rigs and the main feature were the oil rigs, yeah. right? I mean, that was it. Now it's like, oh my God. Um, so, oh God, what was I saying? I completely have no, even no, no memory of what I was talking about.
0: Right. It's all right. It's It's fun when we both go on tangents and lose our <laughs> train of thought as well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, I guess it was important. Well, it's all, yeah. no, it's
0: all fun, but, you know, it, it's, it's a totally different <laughs> vibe now because you were talking about how, like, you guys were, you know, the Orange County kids. It wasn't, you know, being out oh, right. and yeah. business, business, business.
1: Well, like, yeah, we're just a very ader- average family, um, other than they, they have huge careers, right? Um, we talk about things that I think other families, sisters and brothers would talk about, like, um, yeah, like I said, I only saw David on you know the occasional birthday and then holidays, right? So, um, and yeah, we love each other, we're fun, and we always fuck around with each other. But I'll tell you one thing about David, he's a mad fisherman. Do not mess with that man. If you're on a on a boat with him and you're fishing and you're pulling in a snook and you're not doing it right, he will come and shove you aside and start reeling it in. He he goes from Mr. Shy Man to Monster Fisher man. Like I saw, I said that I went back to Shell, I said your husband's like an animal like and she goes oh yeah don't be playing he don't plan when it comes to fishing it's which is funny seeing this whole like man come out of him because <laughs> he's really a shy you know man so we don't talk shop we never discussed it that why we don't we just don't because I think it's just uh not how we fly we like to talk about things like other family we make fun of like you know funny gif or um uh Something that's just silly or profound or political. We actually don't talk politics that much in our family.
0: Or you make right fun of your cousin who lives in Phoenix. I get it.
1: Our family's from North Dakota. <laughs> okay. So
0: I'll so just. You get to there. see your cousins then because you're not that far.
1: Me? Yeah. Oh, dude, I don't even know. There's a border thing. There's a two week quarantine. See, I don't. At the end of the season. Oh, yes. On the way oh. back,
0: you get to go through North Dakota and see like some of your relatives and stuff.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm not saying in the middle of the shooting endanger everybody. That'd just be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, RC, what are you talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not—we're not, we're, we're not going to do that to anybody.
1: I can't even go out the door to do anything, let alone, yeah, can you imagine? Um, yeah. We'll put it
0: my- on Instacart and Amazon. I get it.
1: Dude, I didn't realize that my passport had expired when I got this gig. Because oh, you don't know this—we started. <laughs> yeah, really, it's true. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. They hire <laughs> me out of nowhere, like they pull me out of like you know the archives, and I have a and I, <laughs> and I have to go across the border, expired passport during a pandemic. I was like, I will swim across <laughs> to get there, uh, you know. And then here's the best part: I also didn't have a real ID which is what you need to travel with. So I, oh my God. And then I was going to all the DMVs. None of them were taking, they wouldn't let me in because they were taking appointments from before the COVID. So I was begging all the DMVs, listen, you don't understand. I need to get over the border. I need a real ID. My passport's expired. They're like, sorry, we don't care about you and your sorry at story. You're shed of luck. So it was quite a journey just to get the paperwork, to get over the border to do this. Because originally we started this project in New Mexico right before the pandemic we had done pre-production we had done the first scene i flew home real quick to get the boys all, all like settled for me to go back when somebody says hey when you go home you better get the boys stock them st- get get them stocked up on toilet paper i like, what are you talking about what, you, what do you mean toilet paper and they're like oh this pandemic i'm like what's a pandemic what is i didn't know what the word meant i get home i say, braxton how many toilet paper rolls we have three of we have plenty I said, well, according to I'm here, we, you don't have three rules that's not going to do it. I went to Costco, and I've been traumatized ever since. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. There were human beings, old, middle, young children, crutches, wheelchairs, fighting like animals for the rest of the toilet paper. I just closed my eyes, reached in, and grabbed one of the last five bushels of toilet paper for my dear life. And went home and was like, what is going on? I'd never seen that before. And it was short after that, they said, "Up, oh, production shut down. We're done. We're in a pandemic. And when we reset months and months later, and then we went to Canada. And that's why I found, that's when I discovered my passport was expired and I didn't have a real ID. And yeah, journey after journey. Listen, there's never a dull life, a dull day in DD Pfeiffer's life.
0: Don't worry. I was going on vacation one day and I realized my passport was going to expire the day before I got back. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, that's going to be fun. I can leave the country. I just can't come home. So I paid well, the extra 80 yeah. bucks to have it expediated or whatever it was.
1: Well, we're, we're going through ABC's immigration lawyers and guess what? They still can't get my passport. Nothing. They don't, I, we could throw a, a million dollars at them. There's a backlog in the United States right now. Wow. Immigration is kind of just... As a, um, you know, you put too much toilet paper in your toilet. That's what's going on with our in our country. And my passport is stuck in a bunch of that toilet paper right now. So I'm st- over here in Canada. With, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if I want to go home, I would have to drive over the border with my real ID and fly out of Washington. That's how I got here okay i flew into washington got to rent a car went to the border had a little conversation with the border guys with my real id and all my paperwork Mm -hmm. and uh then drove into here yeah
0: well it (laughs) sounds like you had a good time
1: i had it i i never do selfies and certainly never videotape myself because i think that stuff's kind of gross but i know it's the time of the times and i'm learning and i'm doing selfies now i'm yeah I'm, i'm i'm getting on RCM mama's stepping up and I'm learning.
0: And but by I, the time you catch up, the next wave of technology has come out.
1: <laughs> like I said, last one to know in the room, right? So I literally started doing, doing a, the, a selfie journey. Like, okay, I'm now in the airport. I have six masks. I had a 30 minute, you know, a, a protocol on how to fly COVID, you know, COVID safe. And, um, I was just doing the whole, videotaping myself my journey only because it was just so ridiculous and funny i was laughing like like of course my journey to get (laughs) to get there is like has all these obstacles so my family and friends were like of course you couldn't just fly in like the rest of the cast people like normal people my journey had to be bumpy and left and right and hills and valleys and yeah
0: okay so here's the big question for you then once we can finally gather again. Yeah. You know, oh, God. What's the first thing that Dee, Dee Pfeiffer wants to do after her passport gets in?
1: Oh, when I get my passport and go home, you mean? Yeah.
0: What's the first gathering thing? You, you no. want to go to a concert? You want to go to no, no, a no. Lakers game? You want to go? What's, like, what's the first thing you want to do?
1: I want to see my, my entire family. And that includes David's family as well. Once a year, David's family, entire family, and my entire family got together for Thanksgiving. It was, oh, the funnest time! Like, like just lots of love and laughter and game playing and eating and just so much fun. Um, I want everyone to get together again and just be in a big fat room and hug. I've I hug. I want to hug everybody, and not worried that we're going to give each other something. I, I miss hugging. I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. I hug strangers. I'm like, I, you know, you're nice to me. You're probably going to get a hug on, on the goodbye, you know? Um, I want to get together with my fam- my, my family and hug and hug my friends again. Um, you know what I'd like to do too? I'd like to go to the set and see the faces of this beautiful, amazing crew. I don't know who they are. I promise you, if I saw them down the street without a mask, I would not know who they were. I mean, I don't, I can't recognize people's eyes that well, you know, I mean, you know, um, I like, He's got to put
0: the mask on and then you go, oh, that's Tim.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. And even then it's still kind of like, well, yeah, right. Like, um, if you don't have like distinguished features and I'm terrible with names anyways, so that's already I'm like two negatives. So, um, yeah. And for, and if I was here in Canada, oh god, I, I'd love to go to the Indigenous, like, uh, tours. Love to do that. I would love to go to the museums here. I would love to go hang. Oh my god, what am I talking about? The first thing I would do is go across the street to the community center where a large group of people who are experiencing homelessness, mental illness, and substance use. All my, all my off time here would be there helping them for free, saying, hey, I'm a social worker. I can help you with all of these things. This is my area of concentration. And, you know, I would love to go help and give them all the tools and the set skills that I learned and and talk to the people and um, help. And I'm choosing not to. I could do that. I'm choosing not to because it would not be the responsible thing to do to put myself in a high-risk population and then bring COVID back to the set. That just doesn't make any sense. So I got to tell you, it's really hard to be sitting here with a brand new social worker degree and that is the that's the population to work with. Those are the three areas of concentration that I'm so passionate about. And to sit and look outside my window and watch it and not be able to help is really tough. Again, there's got to be some life lesson in there for me that I need to discover. You know, as to why I'm not able to do that.
0: Right. Your hands are really tied.
1: Big time. And that's hard. You don't spend 10 years to do something and then get a gig like this, an acting gig, and have an opportunity to help the same population that I went to school for. Like it's a twofer. But I guess right now the the Mother Earth or the the universe is saying, well, in a moment, Didi, here. Put a pause on that just for a second. Right now you need to focus on your work as an actor, right? that That's what the universe is telling me, right? So I need to look at that. I'm telling
0: you, docu-series.
1: Okay, RC, there you go. (laughs) You produce it for me, babe?
0: (laughs) I'll, I'll promote the hell out of it for you. I don't, I don't, I don't got the money to be the producer on it, but sure. (laughs) That works. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you want to turn it into a YouTube show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well according to my boys, that's where it's at, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, and then eventually A, you know, A&E and Discovery Channel will pick it up and you'll go from there.
1: Hey man, Discovery Channel and History Channel, those are, that's where I watch all, when I do watch TV, that's all I watch and the news.
0: See, I, I loved History Channel when I was a kid, you know, in high school and college and stuff. And now my addiction for History Channel has grown when it became the Ancient Aliens Channel.
1: <gasps> Wait, did did you just say that?
0: I freely admit that Ancient Aliens is one of my addictions.
1: Wait, if, ask me what my favorite show is.
0: All right, what's your favorite show?
1: Ancient Aliens, dude. All right. You don't understand. I've been watching this. That's forever. That's my favorite, favorite, favorite favorite show and there's a new one too by the way it's a whole bunch of new ones that are kind of similar mm-hmm. yeah, the guy with yeah the like crazy william hair. shatner's
0: one and everything yeah Giorgio yeah.
1: Shatner. the unexplained yeah. i love him he's so I, he's so cheeky i love him no but the crazy the guy with the crazy hair
0: yeah Tesocales.
1: love that guy like 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 all my friends were like we just think we always call him the guy with the crazy hair <laughs> you
0: know, he speaks seven languages
1: Oh, yeah. No, he's phenomenal. I think he's so smart. But, you know, it's funny because I've always talked about this stuff. And my family thought I was crazy. Well, hold on. I am crazy, but that's a whole separate conversation. But now I'm like, oh, really? Who's crazy now? Did you see the uh, unidentified files of the FBI and the pilots and the old alien thing? Oh, really? Did you see the secrets of S- Skinwalker Ranch? How- oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, there's some stuff that's Right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, do And I'm like, no, you know, yeah. and they just thought all of us who believed in that were crazy. And there might be an element of the truth to that, but I'm telling you, man, they're now joining our party. Cause we, <laughs> right? You and me, we know that stuff is real. <laughs>
0: well, when Alien Con comes back and we can actually gather, I will take you with me to the Alien. Oh
1: camp. my God. Yeah. Well, I'm single. It's not like I have a date <laughs> or a husband who's going to get all jealous. Let's do it. <laughs> What's gonna gonna boys
0: yeah. He's gonna get jealous of some six foot three fat guy with two bad knees <laughs> from combat sports. <laughs> that should be your warning to your son, because I have two blown knees and two blown ankles from all the years of wrestling and judo. So
1: I'm sexy, and I know it. No listen, I got a messed up hip, so we're all good. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> go through the handicap line with your hip and my knees.
1: Freaking frack. <laughs> Let it through, you old whippersnapper.
0: Right. There you go. Your son's like, oh, I'm 18, I'll be fine. No, I got, uh, you know, years of wrestling and judo will prove to you the, that it's not going to be good forever.
1: Yeah, Braxton, when he was little, I did say to him after I divorced their dad, well, actually my third divorce. Anyway, yeah, I know how to marry and divorce. So you, you might want to keep away from me. Um, so I said, um, I said to him, I said this a while ago when my son was younger. I said, you know, one day your mother actually might date. So you need to get prepared for that. You know, that actually might happen. First they laughed. Mm-hmm. I, I raised two smart asses. I love it. That's and then Braxton said, fine, but whoever you date is going to have to meet me first in my black This is after he earned his, um, his, uh, um, first degree black belt. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was the cutest thing I'd ever heard. Well, now he's 18 and that's long gone. Now it's like, well, whatever mom, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually when they were young and they cared right
0: (laughs) they still care oh i know of course they do don't pretend like they don't care don't don't do that guilt thing that mom's doing like if they only cared they would have no no no. don't play
1: that game well i know my boys care and i also know that they don't like to show it you know what i mean like i will say hey maximus does this look okay i mean do i look fat in these jeans He goes, mom that's gross Actually, Braxton. You know, they're like, "Mom, that's gross." I'm not going to tell. I'm not not asking. I'm not asking if I look sexy for fucking sake. I'm asking you if I if I look fat in these jeans. You know, it's like yes or no. You know, and they're like, "I'm not answering that question. That's just gross." (laughs) (laughs) They're dudes. I raised dudes.
0: Well, I came to figure out how to never get asked that question ever again.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. I have to say, actually, don't answer it because, yeah, don't answer it.
0: No, you just, just the yeah. answer is yes, and then they leave you alone and never ask you again.
1: I said to them, here, I'm going to teach you right now. This is what the answer is. Mom, you look great in those jeans. And they're like, yeah, but I thought you told us never to lie. <laughs> okay, little mister, <laughs> I appreciate your sass. <laughs> this is how my boys and I are. We're, we're, the three of us are always sassing each other. We're, we have a lot of fun.
0: But that's good. You're having fun. It's its not just mopiness and everyone's on their phone 24 hours a day.
1: Oh, they're on their phones a lot in electronics, but in between those, those moments, we have a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm always sending them crazy gifts and emojis, just messing with them. Like, you know, the poop emoji, mm-hmm. and then you know how you can have things explode. I have I have a heart explode from the poop emoji, just out of nowhere in the middle of the day. It's it, I'll send it to you. It's very funny. Okay,
0: please do because that'll be that'll be amazing.
1: It's actually funny. I do when I do that randomly to people, they always <laughs> they just start laughing. Like, what is wrong with you?
0: So it, it's, it's a, a It's a poop that explodes into a heart.
1: No, it's it like it's like farting a heart. Okay. The the poop emoji is farting, but it's farting a heart. Okay. And for those people listening, and they know that little thing you can do on your iPhone, where the heart comes out of whatever it is that you're sending. You know how like you can do the explosion or the graffiti or the balloons, right? One of those choices is a heart kind of growing out of the picture. Mm. So I discovered one day it was funny to do the poop emoji and have the heart grow out of it so it looks like a poop that's farting a heart. And I think that's funny, and my boys think I'm crazy. No, that's funny. Yeah. I've taught that to all my friends. They love it. They just send that randomly to people. People go, what is wrong with you? And they go, Dee Dee taught it to me. They're like, oh, of course she did. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> See, I, I had a voice acting audition the other day and they're like, send us the, you know, send it to us as an iPhone file. And I had to reply. I was like, I don't know what that is because I'm an Android user.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my they're like, friend, right. So I can't do any of these fun things with her.
0: Yeah. They're they're just like, you know, you have to send it to us. So it just plays on an iPhone only. And I'm just like, I, I don't know how to do that.
1: Yeah. My boys made me get an iPhone. <clears throat> I, I'll still have my black blackberry if I could.
0: (laughs) At least I had a functional keyboard.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I cried when my blackberry broke and then I realized I couldn't get a new one. I actually, my sisters did too. We all loved our blackberries. It was a painful day when we all had to, uh,
0: you know, with, with all of you being actors, that has to be interesting. Um, you know, when roles come about or playing off each other, when you were younger and your parents were still around, um, were you guys like overly dramatic with each other in some instances while practicing for school plays or was it just, no, you know, that's school, that's school. And the unwritten rule was written then.
1: Um, Oh, you know, well, Shell was five, she's five years older than me. So she was like, our, when she was in high school, I guess doing that, all those acting classes, I was just rent. Where was I? Uh, she was in high school. Yeah. I was in grade school just kind of being a fool doing whatever it is you do. In grade school, wasn't even in middle school yet. Um, So I don't know what she was doing. And I wasn't doing, I I didn't ever did any theater in school. I was really painfully shy in school. Um, I did go to one theater class. And when the the guy said to sit on the stage and melt like an ice cube or something strange like that, I was like, oh, y'all, fucking crazy. I'm out of here. So I got out of that class and went and took typing. I should have stayed in the acting class because I sucked at typing too because I typed with my thumb. so i didn't so i didn't learn how to act in high school and I certainly didn't learn how to type, so that was a fail fail um, so I mean dramatic I don't think we we're any more dramatic than any other like family where i mean you know we we grew up where like you know old school north Dakota parents you got you mouthed off you got spanked or you got slapped you know that's dramatic, but that's also the sign of the times right um so, I mean, Shell was pretty determined. Shell was more, um, let's just say, argumentative with my parents than I was. And I sat back and would shake my head and go, just stop. It's getting, just, you're not winning this one, you know. So I learned from her mistakes. I watched her get all <laughs> in trouble. And I'd sit back going, well, now I know what not to do. And I now know how to be more sneaky about it than she was. Because she like, she was smoking her bedroom dude, no. And it's a little teeny two by four bedroom and she would smoke. You think they're going to catch you? Yeah. So I would take, I would smoke at the playground around the corner in the kindergarten area where the sandbox was when, you know, not when school was in, that was, you know, when, you know, when school was out, you know, and you buried the cigarettes in, in, you know, in the sand, you know, and hope that the kindergartners the next day didn't find it. (laughs) God, I was terrible. Um, But yeah, so I don't think we were dramatic. Um. Any more than any other young girls? Um, no, I mean I was stereotypical middle middle child. Uh, Shell was stereotypical older daughter got got the worst of it for sure, and she was you know really hard headed because she was so smart. You know, smart children have a tendency to be that, like that. Lori again is gorgeous. They both both my sisters are stunning, and but Lori was I'm very. You're playing yourself. Well, I'm sitting here looking at you like with no makeup, and I'm looking at my gobble neck, and it's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: A family full of attractive people, uh, and the one in the middle goes, I, I, "I'm completely unattractive." Sure.
1: Um. Yeah. Well. Anyways. I, yeah. I have, some, <laughs> I have some issues I'm still working on. Um, let's just say I do I look in the mirror once in the morning. <laughs> and only once at night when I'm working to wash off the makeup, but it's not like where I like, it's not my safe place is in front of the mirror. Certainly not, certainly not selfies or anything like that. I don't pictures of myself around like most actors. And I certainly don't look at my work afterwards. I don't, I don't like to do that. Um, I trust other people, you know, are going to guide me in the right direction. Um, and I just do the best that I can, cause it's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Um. But so.
0: And by the time Lori came around, they just gave up even though you guys are a year apart? Like the baby is the one that they usually give up with.
1: She was spoiled. We always were, you know, Lori got spoiled. Although she got smacked around too, don't get me wrong. Um, but she was all skating all the time. I remember Lori skating up and down with Cindy. Her and Cinder skating up and down and Shell getting in trouble. My brother was just like gone. He was just like, F this, I'm out of here. And me sitting there in the house feeling the pain of the fights and wanting, and it would clean everything to try to make peace. I was a peacemaker hundred percent, you know, and to this day, I'm still like, I don't like fights or drama or stuff. Like,
0: Which kind of led you into social work. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, it's not a mistake. That's not a coincidence. No one is surprised that I became a social worker. Um, also saving animals, that whole thing, wildlife. I was illegally rescuing wildlife without a license. Listen, don't look at me like that, RC. Here's the way it flies with me. Sometimes you got to break the rules to help things or people. But then they were like, you know, if you get caught, it's like a $2,000 fine. Well, I was an out-of-work actor at the time. So I just had, again, figure out a way to bend the rules so I could save wildlife illegally and to not get caught. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was no surprise. I became a social worker. But my area of concentration is not children, and it's probably the opposite of what you think. Mm -hmm. Um, I care too much about children. I i am a bleeding mama, bear heart. I would be the worst social worker, and I'm tell you why. If I went into a house and I saw any, any anybody doing anything, anything that was um, uh, psychologically or physically hurting a child, I would lose my effing mind. I mean, I literally would lose my F. I I would take the child, kick the shit out of the parent, and move the child in with me, and that would, that would be the end of it. So I'd get my butt arrested, not be able to help anybody else, and then this child would be living with my two boys and all these rescued animals, and then nobody n- nobody wins, right? So I figured it was best not to be, not to work with children. And trust me, there's a lot of other people who need help. Like I said, you know, those experiencing homelessness, those with mental illness, substance use is a big one for me, very personal issue for me. And, um, uh, the older population actually took a lot of gerontology classes versus the child development classes. Cause that's another population that I am very care very much about. Um, Yes, yeah, so there's lots of areas as a social worker. People all over you know what they said to me when well, I want to become a social worker? Why do you want to become one of those people who take kids out of people's homes? And I was like, well, first of all, it's not the objective of a social worker when they walk up those doorsteps. Their objective should be to try to keep the child in that house. Give me reason to leave this child behind. And if I can't, then I can't. And if I thought for a second, between you and I and everyone who's listening, if I thought for a second in the States, Cause I'm in Canada right now. If I thought for a second that the foster care system worked effective more effectively, I would consider be, do, working with that population. Right. But I don't trust. I don't trust the foster care system at this point until it's revamped and fixed. I would not ever put a child in a situation that I wasn't ninety five, if not a hundred percent, guaranteed that you're, you're taking them away from a bad situation and putting them in a better situation. Right. You know what I mean? So that. Right there is something I can't support, but it's certainly something I'd like to again put a spotlight on right. as another system that needs a major facelift. Speaking of plastic surgery, you know, it needs a, a, a revamping. We have an old system that needs to come. It's not working. Right. I mean, look at all the kids that are, you know, in foster care, right? If it's working, then the numbers would look different. You know, to, um, those, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's an unfortunate situation.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, some people would, would say that they, the orphanage was probably the better, uh, uh, no, you know, way to do it, but you never know. It's hindsight. It's rose colored glasses. It's all that stuff. So just have to figure out how to move forward with it, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, since <laughs> you brought up your sister Michelle a couple of times, <laughs> just a couple, uh, she's gotten to play a superheroine in the Ant-Man franchise. If you got a chance to play a superheroine, who would it be?
1: Oh, I never thought about that. Uh, well, certainly somebody who gets to kick butt for sure. Um, you know who I'd like to play? Does, does it have to be somebody who hasn't been played already or like, Oh okay. Um without you
0: stealing their role, you know, this is a fantasy booking. This isn't a uh, you know.
1: Well, honestly, you know what my who my favorite character out of all the superheroes is and it's because the actor who played it is just so fabulous. Um Thor. Okay. <laughs> I love Thor because the actor I'm not sure his name but anyways, Chris Hemsworth. gorgeous. Anyways, um you know he's really, not my type. Huh? He's not my type. <laughs> Oh well, yeah. If, if, if I was got a guy, I'd probably turn for that guy. But he, he, um, he. I love the way he played that character, especially with um the the Incredible Hulk. Like the, the childlike, you know, he's like this. He was just like this child. Like the way they would fight with like two brothers. i Love that aspect. He's just like this superhero, but he's also like a little a boy, you know, when the ball hit him in the head and they're like, uh-uh, you, you, you know, I love the childlike aspect of Thor. So for that very reason, I would totally want to play Thor for sure. Like, I guess the girl version of Thor, right. um, because told- well, Lady Thor exists. so Yeah. That's the superhero I want to play.
0: Nice. Yeah. It seems like you've done a good job with your boys, you know, except for the one that makes knives, which kind of scares me.
1: <laughs> no, they're beautiful. Actually, just Damascus knives are very expensive. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: The forge and fire. That's what got him going on
0: it. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So he's going to be had in had season shanks. seven.
1: Not shanks. Although the first knife he made did look a lot like a shank. So I said, honey, you'll do really well in prison.
0: <laughs> so he'll be a cast member on season seven. I got it. <laughs> uh, or create his own, uh create his own gallery and then sell them at the Ren Faire.
1: Yeah, he's really shy. I told him, "Let's get you on forging." fire. he's like, "No, no, 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 won't be doing that, mom." Yeah.
0: So just he just doesn't want to, or he doesn't want to be on TV, but he wants to make weaponry. Just
1: he, he doesn't even like to be in a forge. Uh, I got him into a forging um class mm-hmm. and a uh, blacksmithing class, and he doesn't. He didn't really like being in a class. He'd rather be one on one. Mm-hmm. He's really shy. He's a lot like I was when I was young. I was. I had. I grew into. I was an extroverted at home, like he is. That's actually not even really extroverted. Yeah, but, he, but in, in, in public, I, I still don't like talking in front of more than like five people in a room because then it feels like a crowd and then I get shy.
0: Okay. So how did you come out of your shell to act then? Was that part of the, the reason why you went into acting was to be able to come out of your shell or was that just?
1: I went in, ooh, I have to watch the time. Um, I, well, I had been working since I was twelve, like just every job possible for somebody underage. At the time, they didn't care about work permits, they didn't care about child labor. I did every job you can imagine as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I hit eighteen and graduated, Michelle was in um, Scarface, and I said, you know, hey, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what I want to do because I've worked all these jobs and I got bored with them, quite frankly. And long story short, I said, hey, I, I want to try this thing called acting, and she said, okay, stop right there. First thing you're gonna do is get into a really good acting class. Don't even think about headshots. Don't think about an agent. Get into an acting class and see if this is something you really want to do. I was like, oh, okay. So she sent me to a Bill Peggy Fury, who was huge at the time, number one acting coach and her in conjunction with her, and her husband, Bill Trailer. And I moved to LA and, um, got a job to support the very expensive acting classes. And I discovered quickly I sucked. I was bad. I was so bad because I was just so painfully shy and, now looking back, I don't know what I was thinking. I really have not a clue. But I was so, I mean, the teacher, she would beat me up. Like she would literally beat me up. And Bill, they both were really hard on me because Michelle was really successful at this point. So they were like, look, if you want to even try to get in the same industry as your sister, you better step up, man. And I was just bad. So I, clearly I was a glutton for pain because I got pretty beat up in that acting class. Really bad. Um so it took me two years of getting beat up until I finally felt like I was okay enough to go get an agent and go out there and audition. And um, it was very rocky in the beginning. I just slowly grew into it. I, and I think the reason why I continued on with it, because I was just so bad and I wasn't going to give up until I could figure it out. I can tell you right now, 30 plus years later, I still have not figured it out. I think that's death as an actor. Once you have all the answers, you're done. You, you This is not something you can, can, cannot not continue to learn because life is ever so changing. On a daily basis, so one's art must also continue to change, right? Because then, you, if you're if you know all the answers, you're stuck, and life's going to move on, and it's going to move on without you, right? I dig that. Yeah, yeah, right. So I'm still trying, and I just finished a scene the other day, and I left going, "Oh my God, you just suck, you, Titi! You are not funny." They made a major mistake. Did they know that they hired me? Are they sure they didn't mean to to get the girl behind me? You know, I literally still go, whoa, whoa, Dee Dee, you know, I'm still beat myself up thinking I didn't do this, I didn't do that right. Um, uh, still trying to figure it out, RC. Still trying to figure it out.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you got your education. I'm glad that, or at least higher education. I'm glad that you want to help people and that you are helping people. And I'm glad that you're in front of the camera again because it's been a while. Thank you. You know, uh, before I let you go, where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? Because you've become such a big advocate for all those social, social media platforms in your daily life at this point.
1: Well, I have never done social media until I got the show. They asked us to start promoing the promos. So, so Dee, Dee over here, miss thing had to get Instagram. I don't, I don't have Twitter or the other one. Um, but somebody told me that you do have Twitter. I said, no, actually I don't. And they said, well, you're tweeting. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm telling you, I don't even, wouldn't even know how to do that. And they said, well, somebody's tweeting out there as DD Pfeiffer. Can I just say, I am i don't have a Twitter account. Okay. Okay. So if you see me tweeting, it's not me. And at least I hope that they're representing at least my, if they're representing my values, I don't care to tweet, tweet all day long. But if they're out there saying like, hmm, things that I don't believe in, then I got a problem with that. Um, especially. Yeah, so Dede Pfeiffer does not have a Twitter account or a Facebook account. I do have an Instagram account. All right. D Pfeiffer uh, official. All
0: right, and it's D-E-D-E-E for D.
1: Love ya. One E and two E's. Yeah, D-E-D-E-E, Pfeiffer, good luck on that one. P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R, official. And because when I went to go get an Instagram account, someone had stole my name. So then now there's somebody out there pretending to, to be me. I'm like flattered that people want to be me. I think that's awesome. Can they also pay my rent? Right. That would, they're going to be me. They got to pull their weight, right? Forget the rent. Let them pay the taxes first. I'm, oh dude, I'm paying Canadian tax and California tax. See? So you all you out there being imposters. Maybe you can help me out with these, <laughs> these taxes that are gouging me. <laughs> so DD5 for official. You'll notice that I don't post a lot. It's basically only about the show and I did post some pictures of my animals because my boys won't let me post pictures of them. So I am forced to only post pictures of our animals, which is perfectly fine. I don't have anything um, out there political um, at this point or no, at all, because Maximus made me promise that I would not become one of those actors who get socially all uh, opinionated. He made me promise. So I'm going to honor that because he said I would embarrass his friends, him in front of his friends. That doesn't mean though I'm not doing it in a really clever way. So if you look at my pictures, if you look really close, yeah, I yeah, Just do it. <laughs> I do it subtle so he doesn't notice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Dee Dee Piper, we kind of became fast friends with our Huntington Beach connection.
1: Yeah, even though you're Edison, you're right. okay. Well, you're
0: it could be worse. You know, I could be talking to your sister right now, who went to Fountain Valley, which I live around the corner from. But no, I'm
1: feeling. Oh yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, no, no, or Winter beach, yeah,
0: no, no, right, neither, no, no. <laughs> or marina, and yeah. we, you know we got to mention everybody in Sunset League at this point, so nobody feels
1: left <laughs> exactly. out. Exactly, exactly.
0: But Judy Pfeiffer, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you're playing Denise on Big Sky on ABC, premiering uh November seventeenth. I'm excited for you. It's a fantastic ensemble cast. Uh Just by reading the names on there, you're going to have to send me that emoji that you were talking about with with the heart with the uh poop uh, farting out hearts <laughs> whatever else is going on and when we can finally gather and you're back in LA we're going to at least go get a coffee
1: oh yeah coffee sounds great let's do it RC we can go do it around where the prison is I mean um, Ocean View yeah